What up, what up, what up? It's AY here, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Woodbine Sports Entertainment. For this walk around the cul-de-sac, I'm joined, as always, by my good friends Eric Graham and Mr. Gregory Halpin. The NFL draft has come and gone, so we will be reviewing our team's picks and what things might look like going forward. So starting with the fourth overall pick, the New York football giants are on the clock. Greg, we'll start with you. How do you feel the Giants did here at pick four and the draft overall? Uh, overall, I wouldn't say that it was a perfect draft. There's definitely a couple. Of them. We'll start right off the bat. We had the number four pick. It threw a lot of people off because we went and we picked Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle out of Georgia. A lot of people were thinking we were going to pull worse out of Iowa, but I'm not ready to s- sell it out yet. A lot of people weren't happy, but I'm not ready to sell it out yet. Because a lot of people haven't been mentioning Andrew Thomas was the number one ranked offensive tackle before the season started. Right. From what from the research that I've done, it's not like he had a bad season. I think worse. It's kind of just the who's hot, who's not thing. Andrew Thomas came. He did what he was supposed to do. So nobody really noticed because he just came in and did his jobs. Worfs was a lot was a lesser known tackle so he was able to come onto the scene more and he grabbed more attention because he wasn't here last year doing the same thing he was right so, he right. so he's the the shiny new car in the drive exactly that you want to take exactly out. he's the one attracting all the attention because he's new but andrew thomas came in he did his job this year he had 793 blocks last year so 793 plays he was blocking whether that's pass or rush he blew eight blocks yeah i would say it's pretty good that's, that's eight, eight blocks out of 793. Yeah. So that puts him third in the SEC, 20th overall. He can compete at right or left tackle, and nice. which is a huge plus because we do have Nate Soldier. We are still paying him whether we like it or not. So if he's one of the better tackles to be on the field, then we can throw Andrew Thomas over at the right tackle. Yeah. Yep. And the big thing is, is a lo- there's a lot of comments because obviously – even last week, I was selling Isaiah Simmons hard. A lot of people wanted us to pick Isaiah Simmons that are fans. A lot of the analysts had us picking Isaiah Simmons. But looking back at it, and obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, I am happy we picked a tackle. Yeah. Our top two picks from the last two years, we need to protect them. We need to protect Daniel Jones and let him be able to play his game. We need to protect Saquon. Running backs do not have a long lifespan in the NFL. We need to do everything that we can to protect him because he is, I won't quite say once in a generation talent because we can look and see Christian McCaffrey who has a similar play style and similar skill set. But we need to protect those two. We need to make sure that they're on the field making plays, making a difference for us. While it would be nice to have a talent like Isaiah Simmons that can be all over the field, I think that we protected the more important assets, and I, I, I'm really happy with the pick overall. Good, good. I mean, like we talked about in the last episode there, you know, we said they either got to take the best playmaker or protect Daniel Jones. So we were right on that part. I mean, kudos, kudos to us. Pat, us our, pat ourselves on the back. Maybe we know what we're talking about a little bit. Kim, <laughs> I mean... Graham, do you like what the Giants did here? You think they're going in the right direction? I I like that they went offensive line, but I'm questionable as to who they picked. I, I was really, really high on Mekhi Becton coming into this draft. I yep. really thought he was the best tackle available. Mm-hmm. That being said, it seems like the top four guys at tackle 
kind of seemed interchangeable. Could have been, you know, just yeah, like it, it's whoever kind of was the favorite. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all up to whatever scout you have deciding who the best right. tackle is. So I like Andrew Thomas as far as tackles goes. I had him ranked second behind Mackay Becton, and then I had Werfs at third. Yep, yep. As far as the draft goes, I think the Giants had a pretty good draft overall. Yeah, I think. Um, I liked yeah. what they did throughout the entire draft. I, I it, it's interesting being a Bills fan and, and looking at the Giants and knowing that there's there's a relationship there with Brandon Bean and uh, Dave Gettleman. Yeah, and they kind of approach it the same way, it seems like. you know They just kind of go after who they think is their top guy on the board, and they don't really change to what everybody else wants and what the fans want. It's interesting, though, because the two of them do com- receive so many comparisons because they worked together before. But as a GM, Gettleman has yet to trade right. a first-round pick. Right, right. So, which is kind of the opposite. Like Bean has been, he's a wheeling and dealing with exactly wheeling uh, and dealing. Even I mean, and this could just be GM speak. Obviously, it's after the fact. But Gettleman did come out and say that he received a lot of calls, but it just seemed like a lot of chit chat. He said he's saying that he didn't even really receive a serious offer, much less one that would that he would actually even present to the Mara family or judge. Right. Right. So it's actually kind of surprising with how much talk, like I said, this could just be Gettleman's making himself sound more confident in what he was doing. But right. uh, allegedly, we'll say, uh, there really wasn't much talk for the fourth overall pick, which right. kind of surprised me with all the media getting into it. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I'm, I'm, as far as Gettleman goes, I think in drafts that he's had so far, I think that this was probably his best one. It, oh, definitely. Overall, like I, I, I didn't feel like he blew any picks. I did, like, not saying that he blew any picks last year, but I know that Daniel Jones at number six seemed crazy to me last year. We talked about it last week. Everybody wants to play GM. Oh, yeah. I will admit I'm hard on him sometimes, but I was very, very happy where this draft went. I think a lot of it also is just the talent pool. We. I know I'm pretty sure we mentioned last week. I know we've just mentioned it talking to each other. This has got to be one of the deepest drafts we've had ever, ever since I, mean, I was alive. Honestly, I yeah. Mean, since since I've started watching football and since I've started understanding following the game, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is definitely one of the deepest draft class, which does make a look a lot make a lot of GMs look a lot better, right? Because we can go into the next pick for the Giants, Xavier McKinney. He was available in the second round, and loved he, it. I loved dude, it. Honestly, I think this is the win of the draft for 15th overall pick. Or sorry, 15th overall ranked player. And he fell all the way to 36. Right. I think he's going to be a day one starter. I think it will be him and Jabril Peppers in the back. And that's a huge win for us because we we need those physical playmakers in the back. Yeah. Norris Jenkins is gone. We have Bradbury, but he's on the older side. Jabril Peppers, I think he's what probably going into his third or fourth season. So we've got a young core holding down the back of our defense. And I'm really excited to see those two play. I'm really excited to see how they're able to mesh in the defenses that they're going to be running. Like I was saying before, too, I've been I've been looking forward to the Giants picking a safety because we've really just had a revolving door after Landon Collins left. Yep. Well, even even Landon, when Landon Collins was here, the other side kept switching around. So I'm hoping between Jabril Peppers and McKinney, they can be a good, solid rock for the next few years because if the cornerbacks are able to be familiar with who's behind them and who's got their back, they're going to play more confidently too. Yeah, I mean, I think um, in recent past, 
you know, since I can remember, even the Super Bowl days, I wouldn't even say that the Giants have really had like a very strong secondary. I feel like that's always been like their Achilles heels. I feel like they always let up big plays at the wrong time and and getting a playmaker like McKinney, adding Jabril Peppers a couple years ago was was a nice pickup for them because now you just got youth and you can really orchestrate them into the kind of style you want to play with them being so young. And that's what I wanted to reiterate on Thomas real quick was just that the kid's 21. He's 6'5", 320 pounds. You don't stop growing until you're 25 years old. So this dude isn't even done developing into a young man. Uh, and like Graham said, you know, I'll reiterate, I think the top three, four tackles were really just up in the air on what preference was yeah. between different GMs. So I don't think that they should get knocked for Thomas. I know there, when I first saw the pick made and I got on social media, everybody was saying he's your, uh, your flowers 2.0, but I mean, time will tell. And the, the overall thing Giants fans should be excited about is the fact that they're protecting their main guy. This tells Giants fans that Danny Jones is your quarterback. So now you have a plan of attack for going forward. And, you know, clearly as we talk more about the Giants, you'll see they, they signed more than just one offensive lineman to help this situation out. I mean, Oh, that Greg, was absolutely one of our focuses. And, and, and that's, that's what makes me really happy about this draft is we, we have the pieces in the past five years. We've had Sterling Shepard. We've had golden Tate. We've had Odell Beckham jr. We've had Saquon Barkley. We've had Eli Manning when he was younger. We've got Danny Jones now and yep. our offense has failed to produce. Yeah. And it starts at the offensive line. And that was one of the, that and the secondary have been the main focuses that we're going to get into later in the draft. And even with our undrafted free agents. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's one of the things. If it, it feels like they finally listened, yeah, I've been I mean, saying it for years. Ever, I think we were talking about it last episode. Back in the Super Bowl, the two Super Bowls we won, those were all name brand guys on that offensive line, and and, and the defensive line, defensive line too. But especially just with that offensive line, just giving Daniel Jones the time to actually be able to play like an NFL quarterback. I'm. Mm -hmm beyond happy that that was the focus you know and another thing i'm noticing just from the giants uh draft picks here is that they drafted a lot of guys that were part of winning organizations you know oregon penn state alabama georgia i mean those teams have been fire the past couple of years and really producing some prospects to come out of these last couple drafts and you know, I think that's what Judge is going to be trying to do here. I, I think it's a similar approach to what Sean McDermott made with the Bills when he first got there was it's time for a culture shock. I'm going to bring in guys who are blue collar. Uh, they're just going to work and they're not going to ask questions. They're going to do their job. And I, I think the Giants are similar to the Bills like that because, you know, Gettleman and Bean, they, they come from the same team. They come from a winning organization. So people can say whatever they want about these guys. Both of them have been in a situation that proves that what they're doing works. Yeah. So I, and you know, the McKinney signing just, that was an Easter egg. I can't believe he slid that far. I mean, there were so many teams that I feel like could have used him definitely in the first round that just pass on like uh, the Minnesota Vikings, for instance, I, I was actually pretty surprised that the Minnesota Vikings drafted Justin Jefferson over a player like McKinney because at that point in the draft you're looking at that board saying this dude is a top like you said Mel Kuyper top 15 talent top 12 talent he's a gift at 22 well you got to think too the Vikings had two first round picks yeah 
So they, they didn't just pass on him once, they passed on him twice. twice. You know, I mean, so, so I think there was a lot of teams, so I'm happy McKinney went to the Giants. I think that's a great compliment to Peppers in the backfield. And, you know, with all these guys being young and a new regime coming in, I think the sky's the limit for the Giants going forward. I'm not saying they're going to be – I'm not saying they're going to take over the league or anything, but I, I feel like they're going in the right direction. I think they know what their plan of attack is, and and I like the pieces they added in this draft going forward for them. Definitely. So speaking of guys that slid, I want to get into the Bills' second-round pick because they didn't have a first. A.J. Epinesa being there at 54. Can you believe that he slid that far? I can't. It is it, – it, I mean, the, I feel like the Bills made a great pick there. Yep. And the fact that he was there at 54 is just a shock to me with all the all the teams that need help on the edge rush. Epinesa is a huge pickup for you guys. I think me and you were on a voice chat, Alex, at the time. And I was sitting there at the 36th pick while the Giants were getting ready to pick. And I was sitting there. I was like, honestly, McKinney or Epinesa, I'd be fine with either because yeah. it was it was also a it's also an issue for the Giants is the pass rush. So I think he's just going to be a 130% motor every time. Oh yeah. All the time. Oh yeah. He's going to, like I, I was saying last week, it seems like one of the easier positions to translate over is a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to come in, he's going to make a direct impact. And like you were saying, you can't have too many pass rushers, right? One guy get, tires himself out. You throw the next one in, you can mm-hmm. switch them around. Mm-hmm. You can just have your defense have different looks. You can just throw the offense off by just, Mixing up all these players, being able to yep. mix and match and show different defenses. I think Epinesa is going to be a fantastic player for you guys for a good long time. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is with Epinesa, too, he he's only played three years in college. So he came out as a junior, which shows you a little something about him, that, that he was considered by some to be the second best edge rusher in the draft and only a junior. So if yeah. it, it, he, throughout his, his career, has had some good numbers. He ended his his college career with 101 tackles, 36 tackles for loss, and 26 and a half sacks over three years, and he only played a total of 37 games, I believe. So 37 games and how many sacks? In 26 and a half sacks. So he almost that's that's not bad, dude. That's, he, he had that's a sack. That's pretty good. He had a sack in like two thirds of his of his games. Well, and the other thing this pick shows you that. Uh, McDermott really isn't straying away from what he's been preaching this whole time, which is versatility along the defensive line. Uh, they're saying that Epinesa won't just play on the outside. He'll play inside on you know certain nickel packages and stuff like that. And with the additions the Bills made, I'm not saying that they're the best defensive line by any means. But, I mean, now you got Trent Murphy, Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, Quentin Jefferson, Ed Oliver, Harrison Phillips, and A.J. Epinesa. It's going to be a hard time making this yeah. roster as a D lineman on the Bills. Like The, the Bills are so loaded – at D line and versatility right now that I I could see them almost carrying six or seven defensive linemen, if not more, just because of the scheme that Brandon Bean and McDermott run. It's, it's always just, Hey, let's get fresh legs in there. And now that you got Mario Addison, you can take out Jerry Hughes and you won't miss a beat. Those two are yeah. basically the same players. Now you've got Harrison Phillips in the middle with Ed Oliver, Quentin Jeff. I mean, the sky is the limit for this defensive line. I think there's a lot of guys who want to prove something, especially Quentin Jefferson. I think he's coming off of a great year for Seattle, and he's out to prove that he can actually be a disruptive disruptive force in this uh, Bills defense. So I'm excited to see how they even use all these guys. There's a lot of uh, schemes that they're going to have to come up with to put people in position to succeed. 
to their max potential, but I can't complain with what they've done to this point as a defense. I, I think they've gotten the best out of just about every player that they acquire on this team. So I do have to throw this out here. When the Bills did draft AJ Epinesa, I was on a video chat with you guys at the time. Yes. And we were all very excited about what, what was going on. And I was delayed compared to AY here. AY got the pick first and he goes, I'm not going to react. And then he goes, ooh, and he reacted. And I go, oh, my God. I go, I know who he picked because he told me he wanted A.J. Epinesa right away. I was hoping for Zach Bond. I wanted Zach Bond more than anybody, but I can't. And he was available too, man. He was, but I can't complain. Like Graham brought up earlier, a lot of people had Epinesa being picked by the Bills at 22 before they traded their pick to Minnesota. So to yeah. get a 22 overall talent, at 54, I mean, that it's a win-win. I, I mean, I think everybody was kind of shocked. I, I don't know how you forget or just look over him for two rounds like that because I, I know Brandon Bean was sitting there like, are you serious right now? You Okay, I trade my first-round pick, and I get the guy we were going to take anyway. I, w- sure. I wonder if he was thinking maybe I should trade up and try to get this guy I don't at some think point. he was. I don't think he was. He only talked about trading up one time, and that was for Zach Moss. He thought Zach Moss was going to go. Uh, much earlier than he did because a lot of people had Zach Moss as actually their top 50 prospect, but we'll get into that in a little, in a little bit here. Uh, going, We're just going to go round around here. So we've already caught up on the Thomas pick for the Giants in the first, the McKinney pick in the second. Epinesa to the Bills. So, Greg, uh, third round pick. Do you have anything on uh, Matt Parrott? Do you have anything? Matt, Matt Parrott. Um, I really like this pick, too. Uh, he's maybe not the biggest name offensive tackle going into the draft. There was so much focus at the top that a lot of these players down below got overlooked, but he's a really good player. I'm not sure he could quite be a year one starter, but like I was saying right now, we're paying Nate soldier, a lot of money either. I don't think we'll be able to trade him with that contract. Either we let his, either he starts until his contract runs out or we just let him ride the bench for $12 million a year. Yeah, I, I think I think Matt Pert can come in though, maybe take that year or two to learn when Soldier's still playing. He he comes out of UConn, which isn't obviously one of the bigger football schools, but he's gonna he has the size, and I think that with with the right coaching, he's gonna develop into a solid tackle. I think he can definitely be able to learn with the learn with the veterans that are on the team. And I, I really think that he's a solid pickup in the third round, maybe not a first year starter, maybe a second or third year. So it might be a while till we see his name on the starting lineups, but I think he's, he's a great pickup in the third round. And it just, it continues to to address what our biggest problem has been for the past three to four or five years, that offensive line. I think that Gettleman came in and he knew he put this off too long. I think it's a, it's a great place to start. I think it's better to have more options. I just don't think the ceiling is high enough for the offensive line we ran last year. So I'm all for bringing new pieces in. Pert will be another maybe project player, another two, three years, but he'll come in and I think he'll have a good impact then. And and honestly, depth on the offensive line is probably one of the most important things in football that people take for granted because offensive linemen get hurt all the time. They are the guys in the trenches that are just getting bashed around. They are tough and Having a guy like Pert, I think, for the Giants is is definitely huge to ha- to have as a, a backup, potentially a starter over Solder. Honestly, I think I think that this kid, the ceiling is very high for him. Yeah, and, and I think it goes back to what we were saying. This being one of the 
the deeper drafts, just all around. I mean, there's a lot of guys coming out here with your atypical setup as offensive tackles, safeties, corners. I mean, these tall, big, athletic guys. I mean, none of these linemen were really small this year. I mean, the biggest knock on most of them was just having shorter arms from one to the other. And other than that, I, I'm pretty sure because I watched the whole entire draft and every single time they pick somebody from rounds three and on, it's like, oh, this is an interesting pick. Da, 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 da. But if you really actually measure up the measurables from one to another, they all kind of fall around the same category. They're all big frame, athletic guys, strong punches. So I, th- I think Joe Judge, he has a good head on his shoulders with a good staff. They're going to get the most out of the players that they picked. Yeah. Uh, and I, again, great thing for it, it just shows you Gettleman's ready to move this run game on and move this pass game on and try to get guys in here who can not only just contribute, but make the the people around them better by just competing. Definitely. Uh, so I, I thought it was a great pick. I think the Giants are doing the right thing over there. Yeah. Who'd you guys pick up for the third round? We got Zach Mouse, baby. Zach Mouse. We got Mr. Zacky Dacky bringing now, in the tech. That's not. Randy Moss's son, correct? This is actually... He got signed after. Yes. He does have NFL bloodlines, though. Zach Moss has a pair of cousins who played in the NFL. One being Santana Moss and Sonoris Moss. Oh, okay. He's on that side of the Moss. Oh, yeah. So he's different Mosses. He, he, I guess he was given the weight in the family because those guys were really tiny from what I remember, but really fast. I mean, this guy is a tank, dude. I'm very happy with this pick. And considering that Bean almost traded up to get him and that he just kind of fell to him, it, it, it is awesome. Yeah, I mean, they had him, like I said earlier, they had most people projected him as a top 50 talent in this draft. So to get yeah. him where we got him is huge. He averaged 5.7 yards. He had 38 touchdowns in his career, 66 receptions with 685 yards. I mean, so that shows you he does have some hands out of the backfield. He's not just a ground and pound, but that's basically what we're going to use him for. Basically, just take a look at what Frank Gore did for us. Zach Moss is now in that role. That's that's how this is going to work out, I think. I, I think that they're going to use Zach Moss as as the Frank Gore type back. I think he I think he just compliments Singletary well, yeah. basically. Yeah, big workhorse. Yeah, you guys were just talking bag. last I know you guys were just talking last week about how you guys needed a power back to complement Singletary. Yeah. So that's, that's a really good pickup for you guys. Yeah, I can't complain with this pick. I I mean, the stats speak for themselves. There's not much you can really say that he hasn't already proven. So going into this year, we've got Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, TJ Yeldon. Hey, and for all the Bills Mafia favorites, you know, we got Christian Wade back there still. So let's see what happens. I think that Zach Moss is an interesting pick. I, I really liked him coming out of college, but I, I, I feel that Zach Moss is going to be more of Second that, and di- two, no, that, that, two. that <laughs> dynamic back that you put out there yeah. when you need a big play. Yeah, maybe. I, I, th- I think that he has big play potential. I think that he is going to definitely split time with Devin Singletary. Oh, yeah, it's it's going to be, it's gonna be yeah, it's going to be easily a 50-50 backfield. I think they did the right thing. Great compliment. Uh, it's really going to open up the, the field, too, because now we can go single back and he can go ground and pound right there by himself. He doesn't need a lead blocker. And if, if anything, I'm I'm really happy that Brandon Bean didn't trade up to get him. Yeah. And that he just fell to him. Yep. And he, w- he was even saying, you know, I'm frugal with my picks, so if I'm trading up for you, then, you know, I, I, it just didn't seem like what he was going to get for the pick he wanted to trade for wasn't worth what they were wanting from him. So 
he just didn't make the move and we ended up getting that win anyway and it worked out so well and i think this year's draft class really did contribute to how few trades there really were we were going into last week on our podcast and we were talking about oh yeah man other than the number one pick any of the top five could be traded for but i think because of how deep this draft class really is i think that almost kind of deterred people they didn't have to trade up because the next guy up was just as good right the bills didn't have to trade up to get another back because they could sit here they could wait for this moss kid to fall to them mm-hmm. because there's so much other talent around that he was going to fall to them anyways and you guys got a great pickup in in the third round i mean yeah i think well, I think the other thing that kind of scared GMs into not trading up was the fact that they couldn't scout as well as they have in years past. Right, there wasn't the a lot of like, uh, personal so, workouts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it's harder to justify trading up for a guy when you mm-hmm. when you have less information, I guess. Yeah, and and you know, I think with it being the first virtual draft and because of the coronavirus and them not getting these uh, personal workouts and it was really more along the lines of okay, we're just going to trust our guys. Like we've already sent scouts out. Maybe teams were just willing to settle with what their scouts brought to them rather than take risks and jump up for people that they might not have had the time to scout further. Yeah, so fourth round, the Giants picked up Darnay Holmes, cornerback out of UCLA. I like this pick as well. It continues the trend that we're focusing on improving our secondary and improving our offensive line. Uh, He's a good pickup. He's... He's definitely more comfortable in man coverage, which I think we're at, I think we're going to be able to play a lot of because of our secondary or uh, deep secondary. I think having those two safeties back there, we're going to be able to play a lot more man because in the case that a coverage is blown, we have two solid dependable safeties back there. Mm-hmm. So I think Darnay Holmes is going to come in. He's got a great aggressive play style. And he's just going to add more young talent to this secondary. I mentioned McKinney before. We drafted DeAndre Baker last year. We have Corey Ballantyne and Sam Beal, too. We have a real young secondary that might not be at their best now, but hopefully in the next two, three years, they can reach their potential and grow into a fantastic secondary that hopefully we can keep together for a while. It, it seems to be hard with how much these players want to get paid, mm-hmm. but... I really like the direction that we're going. We're, we're getting aggressive playmakers, people who are going to come out, like I said, give that 100, 130% balls-to-the-wall play style. And I'm, I'm really happy with this pick. I like him. I watch a little bit of footage on him. He seems like a real solid player, and he's going to come in and make an impact immediately. I think he'll be a good three, maybe four cornerback. Okay. Okay. I mean, and the other thing going forward, you know, back to your thought there about them being young and everything, that's also a plus in the contract business. So now you got a bunch of guys who are little cheaper that you're hoping you can develop into full-time starters before their rookie contract is up and, and you have to spend a bunch of money on them. I mean, the only guy you're really paying right now is, uh, who'd you pick Bradbury. up? Bradbury. Yeah. I mean, so that's also a plus with the new regime coming in. They're going to want to instill their play style. They're going to want to instill their schemes. And you've got at least four years now with a good majority of your secondary to to crack that until you have to pay them. So that's also something you're not going to have to worry about as much. I mean, it's really kind of a blessing and a curse because what at the end of those four years, what happens when all these guys are up for contracts and right. you magically hit on every draft pick that you pick? And I, the Bills might be facing that pretty soon. Yeah. Um, where you got to pay all these guys and all of a sudden you like – 
everybody's contract is up all at once. And, and while well, we need this guy and we need this guy, can we find a cheaper alternative? And it that's where being a GM is hard. And that's why when people are playing GM from home and their couch and they don't really know what, what, yeah, what to numbers. do in that they situation, don't the they don't, they don't really stuff. understand. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting for the Giants. They're going to have all this young talent, and in a few years they might have to end up paying some guys some pretty big money. Oh yeah, I mean McKinney. I don't think McKinney's going to miss a beat. I think he's going to come right in and be a force on that defense. Like you're going to know McKinney's on the field when the Giants' defense is on the field. I, I don't think you you can't miss him. He's a playmaker. He's always around the ball. He's a tackling machine, and he's really really good in zone coverages. He reads the quarterback very well. But this Darnay Holmes, you know, like you said, hopefully he can just come in and provide some good competition for the team and just make the guys around him a little better. What do you guys got for a fourth? Uh, in the fourth round, we took a guy named Gabriel Davis, who I'm very happy ooh, with ooh, out of UCF. San Gabriel. I, he is a wide receiver. I am. I was. I was very excited about this pick. He's a big body guy. Yep. He also is very fast. Yeah. It, it was. It's interesting. His size and his speed. He's able to run as fast as he is because of his size. He, in his first couple of years of college, didn't have like stellar stats. As a freshman, he only had 27 receptions in 10 starts and had 390 yards and four touchdowns. So he didn't like go crazy as a That's freshman. That's not bad for a freshman. Though. No, but I mean, he, it, you can tell he was, he grew every year that he played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in a sophomore season, he played 12 games. So he played two more games, but he had 53 receptions, 800 yards, and seven touchdowns. So that's an improvement. In his senior year, he went off. He had 12 games with 72 receptions and 1,241 yards and 12 touchdowns. Yeah. Like the guy went off his senior year. He's improved every year that he's, he's played. And, I'm super excited as a Bills fan to just have another weapon for Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. I know that we got Stephon Diggs in a big trade, which I feel like we totally won now after the draft. Yep. Um, I'll get into that in a minute. I love that we got John Brown still. We got Cole Beasley. Yep. Now we got this kid, Gabriel Davis. We got Duke Williams. We got all kinds of weapons for Josh Allen and Isaiah McKenzie. It, 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 it is just nice to have the tools there for an, a young quarterback to really see what he can do. Yep. And I, I think that this year is going to be the prove it year for Josh Allen. And I think that's what they did in this draft is they, they got him a couple extra weapons mm -hmm. with Zach Moss and, Ga and Gabriel Davis. Yep. I mean, back to what McBean have been trying to do since they got here. I mean, the culture, the kind of players they bring in here, this Gabriel kid, he is the definition of what they are looking for in a player on and off the field. Everybody that they've talked to, his coaches, you know, they said that this is one of the guys who's the first one in. He's always watching film. He's trying to get better every day, refine his route running. But the thing is, is that was his one knock, is he didn't run a whole lot on the route tree. Uh, I remember I watched a clip on Brandon Bean saying that they had to do, like, a little virtual video so they could see some routes, and they were happy enough to take him in the, fifth, in the fourth round uh, based on that video. But, I mean, when he was – playing at UCF he was lining up about three yards off the the sideline the sideline that was where the coach put him and the coach just let him run posts fades just everything burning I guys mean, he was just running right by people going up making catches and then when he does catch the ball this dude is aggressive he is hard to bring down big frame body strong one arm tackle is not going to do it this guy has the chance to take take the lights off really I mean see I feel like he is somewhat of a version of Larry 
Larry Fitzgerald, but faster and not as refined in his route running. Right. But, I mean, he's, as, as he's far a, as bo- as far as big body and and yeah. and arm tackles ain't taking him down. He, I would say he has a chance to to change the game when he catches the ball. Like he he has that speed and that strength to really break something off every time he touches it. So and he's great at high point in the ball. Uh, he proved that his senior year. And like I said, that freshman stat isn't even bad. And every single year he got better. And that's exactly what the Bills are looking for when they bring guys in. Hard work ethic and just ready and determined to be the best person and ball player they can be. So I'm happy about the pick. I think they went in the right direction. What do you got for the fifth round, Greg? What, what, do, you, what do you think about that pick, Greg? I don't think you can have too many weapons. I think that, nope. like you were saying, I think it's a prove-it year for Josh Allen. They're going to sit there, spread it on the, like you were saying last week, maybe literally run a spread. Spread it out on the table. Say, here's your offense. We want to see. We want to see results. I think between this kid, Diggs, John Brown, and the rest of the receiver core you guys have, I think that you guys are going to be put, putting yourselves into a really, really good position where you have more talent than you really know what to do with. Right. I, I liked. I like the pick. I think. I think honestly, these top four. I mean, I'd even say maybe even this fifth round, at least on the Giants' end. All these picks are, other than maybe Andrew Thomas at up top, but that's because we're already up top. I think they're all really good value picks. He's going to be a great middle of the field guy, big target. Definitely. I mean, that's the one thing that we really do lack. Also, I I was surprised that we didn't take a tight end uh, in this draft. I I was really hoping they did just get a bigger body, somebody who can, you know, run block maybe, or just be a big presence in the middle of the field for Josh to see. But the Bills did good in going out and getting wide receivers with the frame that they didn't already have. I know Brandon Bean made a joke saying he was tired of Sean McDermott calling our wide receiver room the Smurfs, so he went out and got some bigger guys, and that's exactly what he did. I mean, Stephon Diggs isn't the smallest, but he's still only six foot. He's not the tallest guy. He's going to be more the dude who breaks off of you at the line of scrimmage. I mean, these these bigger guys are going to be dudes who work pound for pound, you know, all the way down the field, and if it's anywhere in their catch radius, they're just going to box you out and make a big play. So I, I thought it was good that they went with bigger frame bodies. That was something we were definitely lacking last year. And I think going forward, it is going to be nice for Josh Allen to have somebody who's at least relatively close to his size on the field other than him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, so for the fifth round, the Giants, again, just offensive line. They're just focusing on that. They picked up Shane Lemieux, offensive guard out of Oregon. Yeah. I saw um, I saw some mocks putting Shane Lemieux up in the up in the third round, really. Yeah, yeah. He was he was definitely one of the better guards. The guards uh, definitely got overlooked in this draft because of all the talent at tackle this year. He definitely could have been a third round talent. Giants got him at fifth. Again, great value pick. The only thing I am a little iffy on is by this time I think we could have focused on something else. There was. There was edge rushers and centers that were available at this time, which is another one of our weaknesses. Um, Our guard play was probably the strongest on the line. So I was kind of surprised to see us go guard. But once I looked into it more, it does make a little more sense. Kevin Zeitler is getting into his 30s. He's getting older that it, it makes sense to plan for after him. He is a fantastic guard. But either contract's going to run out or he's going to retire sooner or later. So I think getting Shane Lemieux in now, letting him sit behind Zeitler, 
is going to be huge. He's going to yep. be able to learn from one of the best guards in the league, and he's going to hopefully turn into a, another solid offensive lineman out of this draft. He is one of the most experienced players coming out of this draft. He had he started 52 games for Oregon. Wow, that's great. So he's been on the field, and in that time, you can see talent all around the country. You're not mm-hmm. just seeing players out of your conference, which the Pac-12 is one of the weaker conferences. He was seeing players from all over. He was dealing with pass rushers from all over, different kinds of talents, power, speed. He... He's one of the most experienced players coming out. And I think that's going to translate really well over into the NFL. And he's going to be able to take the experience that he got and the experience he's going to pick up from Zeitler. And I think he's going to be able to put those together along with his hard work to become one of the better offensive guards in the league. I think he definitely has the talent and that he could develop into that. I don't think he's going to be some middle of the road guy. I think he could definitely build up and become one of the better offensive guards in the league. Honestly, I think him in the fifth round is is a huge steal for the Giants, and I love what the Giants did in this draft in general in the offensive line. It's it's fantastic. It, the best way to build an offense is through your protection, and I've been saying that for most of my life. Like I've loved the offensive line, inside out. Yeah, inside yep. out. Yep. Inside the, out. The Giants have been trying to do the opposite. The yep. Giants have been trying to do the opposite for the past few years. And they've been obviously around <laughs> and you can obviously see there's no results. Yeah. We went out and we drafted Odell Beckham Jr. We went out and drafted Evan Ingram. We went out and drafted Sterling Shepard. We went out and drafted Danny Jones and Saquon Barkley. And we still have one of the bottom third offenses in the league. Yep. And it shows that if you don't have the offensive line, then you don't have the offense. Right. Right. Well, and it, it's all about cohesion. And, and I think that getting young guys in at the same time, they build a rapport with each other and they, they build a great chemistry. And, and I think that in the future, it'll it'll turn into a, a strong group of offensive linemen. I think that that room gets better the more competition you have in there and, and the younger it is because these guys are hungry. They're all hungry and they're all after a spot on this roster. And I, I think that this, this Shane Lemieux is going to come in with a chip on his shoulder being drafted so late in the draft. And I, I think he's going to work real hard for the Giants, and I, I love this pick. Well, we've seen what determination can do in this league. I mean, from undrafted to drafted too late, stuff like that. I mean, we've seen what determination can cause a player to do, like Philip Lindsay going off. I mean, so like you said, I'll look on the other side on the other side of the ball from him, Chris Harris Jr. He yeah. went from undrafted to All Decades team. Yeah, I mean that's remarkable. So, hey, maybe that maybe he can come through and do that. That would be great. Let's just remember where Judge comes from. The Patriots' way is you know grow in, teach, and then when people start falling off, you got somebody right there to go. So I know a lot of people that they, they overlook the fact that it's the fifth round and stuff. But I mean, you could still get massive production from rounds four through seven. You might not see what he can do to his full potential this year, but given time underneath, you know, Joe judge and and this coaching staff, I know that they are going to groom their players accordingly and they're going to get the best out of them because it, it's a very similar situation to the bills. I mean, you're building a different culture in New York. You're, you're getting people there who are very determined to get the best out of their product. And I'm sure it's like that across the NFL, but when a new coach comes in, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Let me show you what I can do compared to your last guy with, with guys you've never heard of, you know? So he, Joe judge has something to prove and he, he wants to prove that he can develop players and become a successful football team. So I think Shane Lemieux will be starting for the giants 
within the next couple of years. Maybe not this year. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, somebody could go down and he just takes over the spot. Definitely. So, I great, think great pick. It would not surprise me. I would say three or four years down the road mm-hmm. that a that all these players, all the players that the that the Giants pick in the first five rounds, are every down players. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and that would I be think, a win. That would be a win for yeah. that draft class. I, I think mean, if you can get four I think th- or five guys, I think three of them. I th- I would say are a lock for that. I'd say maybe Darnay Holmes and Lemieux are a little more cloudy in that area. But I think that the Giants just hit it out of the park with these first five mm-hmm. rounds this year. Yep. I think that. I don't. I don't know if I could have made a better draft myself. Okay. Not that I'm a GM or anything. I'm just sitting here trying to get paid to talk about <laughs> it. But. Who'd you guys pick up in the fifth round? Jake from Jake from. Oh man, Jake I've been waiting from, for this one. from State Palm. Jake it's the from? end of Josh Allen's reign. Oh right? Jesus, oh, get over God. it. You know, to, to be honest, I'm sick of it. I the first thing I did when I saw this pick, Ay texted me. He goes, "Did you see who we just picked?" I said, "Yeah, Jake." from can you believe it uh, he goes yeah man it's awesome i go what do you mean it's fucking awesome i go dude this might start a quarterback controversy because people are so critical of josh allen that they're gonna be calling for this guy to be starting day one yeah and they're out of their mind i mean don't get me wrong i'm pretty sure everybody who follows any college football or football in general has heard of jake from he was a very highly touted uh high school prospect went to georgia beat everybody he had to beat to get that job and since he had since he got the job he never lost it he beat everybody that came in there to try to take it from him his coach is very high on him i watched a lot of i know they're highlight films but i watched the whole entire um georgia alabama game and the whole entire georgia auburn game and i'm telling you right now this kid is smart he he protects the ball he he's an anticipation thrower he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world but i don't think you see it on the tape I think he makes the throws he needs to make. He puts the ball where only his receiver can get it. He's a back shoulder specialist. I was so thrilled to see that because that is something I hope that when he shows up at the practice room, Josh Allen adopts that because that is what Josh Allen is missing is that back shoulder touch pass on the sideline, you know, only where your receiver can get it. And Jake Fromm is a specialist at that. I feel like he is very good at that, but Going into both of those games, he knew he was going to get hit the most in those games out of any games of the season he was already in. And I, I I just feel like he stepped up to the occasion. He delivered what a good quarterback should do, protecting the ball, moving the ball downfield, whether it's slow or not. I mean, the kid was making throws and smart decisions everywhere. I can't be happier about this pick. And for anybody who thinks that this jeopardizes Josh Allen, I don't believe you. Um, the Eagles have proven – that it is just as beneficial to have a great backup quarterback as it is to have a great starting quarterback. Nick Foles comes in, delivers what he has to do, wins big games. That's what the Bills are doing here. They're just getting another kid in here who can compete with Matt Barkley, compete with Josh Allen, but that's all it is. He's just going to compete for the backup spot of Matt Barkley. And, you know, his Jake Fromm's uh, Georgia coach there had – Big things to say about him saying that, you know, he sees Buffalo winning Super Bowls with them and winning a lot of games. But let's just remember, uh, I don't know. Josh, this is Josh Allen's team. Uh, yeah. The only way Jake Fromm takes Josh Allen's job is if Josh is out for the year and Jake just goes off. like, And, ja- it, and he pulls a Nick Foles. Yeah, he pulls a Nick Foles and, you know, goes to the Super Bowl, whatever. But that, I mean, no. This is, this the, is the only pick in the draft that I was somewhat disappointed with only because... 
I didn't feel like we really needed them. I understand that the va- they they believe that the, the value, value there. was there. Yeah, for sure. I understand that a hundred percent. You're you're drafting the best player on the board. Yep. I I get it, but I'm always of the firm belief that depth at other positions, whether you need it or not, is more important than well than. A guy you, that might, I really, I honestly think that this is going to start a quarterback controversy in the not. near future. It's not. I, Brandon Bean already shut it down. Right? Brandon Bean literally shut it down. I don't even think it would be, it would take a year. I think it would take much longer than that for the, you guys to lose faith in Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh I mean, Allen's come in. He's exceeded everybody's expectations. Oh, yeah. I think you guys would have to go maybe. Six and ten this year, and then start off zero and five next year, or oh, something yeah. like so that. The reason that I think this though, be a thought. the reason that I think this though isn't so much about losing faith in Josh Allen, but the fact that I think so highly of Jake Fromm's game that it's going to cause this quarterback controversy. But uh, like, he still has to prove he can transition, and that's something that Josh has already done. I mean, regardless of what people say about his accuracy and stuff, we've already talked it over. He's got. The same amount of rushing touchdowns as Saquon Barkley. His passing yards are much higher than anybody expected. He's been playing with a lackluster and he's kept group a clutch of wide in the fourth receivers. Quarter. Yeah, and he's awesome in the fourth. I mean, Jake Fromm is just a great quality pick. Uh, Brandon Bean already came out and said, this is obviously Josh's team. This is not a knock against Josh. It's just literally this kid was way too good for us to pass up again. So when Honestly, he said again, I think it's... I think it's even ridiculous that he had to come out and say that. Yeah. Like I saw the pick. I wasn't watching at that point in time. We were out picking up the pup, but I saw that pick and I was like, first thing I did was go and look up who your current backup was. Cause I didn't know who you guys mm-hmm. current backup was. Mm-hmm. Saw that was Matt Barkley. And I was like, that's a good pickup. Yeah. He's, he's I, I, it never even crossed my mind that Josh Allen's job could be in trouble. Well, even even when we needed a quarterback back when we had Tyrod Taylor, people were like, oh, you're not going to get a starting quarterback in Nate Peterman. We drafted him too late. And now we take a guy in the fifth round and people are like, oh, he's our franchise quarterback. Like, since when does anybody say a fifth round quarterback is a franchise guy? It's the Tom Brady effect. It's like, the Tom Brady effect. That's all it is. Everybody thinks that you can get a quarterback at any time in the draft. Russell Wilson, it, yes. congratulations. It, you know, it, like it, stuff it, like that. Even that, though, that's two quarterbacks. I, I don't I don't think it's that. I think it's just because – I don't know. I don't even know how, how Jake Fromm is a, is a fifth-round quarterback. That has always astounded me, why he was valued so low going into he this wasn't. draft. He wasn't. Mel Kuyper – and Daniel Jeremiah have him in like the top five for quarterbacks in this draft. Well, yeah, but why? But even I think it then, was size. In actual- the size of Drew Brees, uh, it was all size. I think. I think everything was size, and he got busted so- from the combine for his throw power. Dude, I'm I'm gonna break our rule of trying not to curse. I am so f- sick of that argument. It's okay. I already broke that rule once. Yeah, I heard you earlier. <laughs> I'm just so sick of people saying that these kids aren't big enough. They're going in. They're playing against elite NFL talent, we, especially in the SEC. He's, he's playing against elite NFL, si- NFL caliber talent week in and week out. Now, did they win championships every year? No. But who did he lose to in the championship? Oh, you know, only two quarterbacks who were picked in the first two rounds, one of them being right. the fifth overall. Like, I, I don't get why, like, maybe... Maybe you don't draft him number even then. I mean, well, I guess this is this might go to show, but 
Baker Mayfield was drafted number one overall. Kyler Murray, number one. Kyler Murray. I don't. Kyler Murray came in and for the situation he was in, balled out. He wasn't one of the best, but he came in and he played good football for what was given to him. I'm honestly excited to see what he's going to do with DeAndre Hopkins. I think yeah. that I think that he's going to become more and more dangerous. I don't think the Browns' issues are on, are entirely on Baker Mayfield. I think it's been the offense that's been run around him. I just I don't know. I think it's just because of Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray coming out in the past few years that this whole size argument thing has been more in the forefront. But there are quarterbacks in the NFL that show that this can work. Yeah, that yeah, absolutely. That a player can come in, be six foot or under, and win. Almost lose his shoulder in a freaking car accident and hold a majority of the NFL quarterback records. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's overrated. I think a lot of people are starting to know that it's overrated. It's just that most teams just want that prototypical quarterback size. That's just what they're looking for. So they knock guys who aren't that typical size that you want a quarterback, the Ben Roethlisberger's, the Josh Allen's, you know, those big frame dudes who can take hits and launch the ball down the field. That's, that's just the direction the NFL went in for a while. And I think most people are starting to see that there are the Russell Wilson's, the Drew Brees's, the Kyler Murray's of the world who can come out here and sling the damn ball and do, and get the job done. And that's, yeah. I think we're going to, I think over time you're going to see the NFL kind of go back to just field field generals. They're going to go back to guys who just protect the ball. The, uh, the biggest thing about football is it's keep away. You don't want the other team to have it. So, yeah, this guy's 5'10". He threw 40 touchdowns. Uh, he threw 12 interceptions. Or do you want the guy who's 6'7", 230 pounds, threw 14 touchdowns with 21 interceptions? You know, oh, but the potential's there. Nah, I'm going to take the proven guy, 5'10", who knows how to win already. You can't teach winning. You can't teach yeah. it. You can't teach the dog, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, you can train it. You can train it. You can show it what not to do. Uh, but you can't teach what Jake Fromm brings to the table. He's a very intelligent football player. He's protected the ball since he's been at Georgia and since high school. He's a winner. I'm happy about the pick. I think he's going to bring a great uh, package with Josh Allen in practice, and they're going to learn a lot from each other because they're quite honestly they're polar opposites of players. They Josh Allen is your scramble improviser. Jake Fromm is your field general guy who is just looking to get the ball out in three seconds, quick release. And so you're saying making, they're going to start running a two quarterback set? No, I'm saying that <laughs> I'm I'm saying that I think it's beneficial to Josh Allen to have a quarterback yeah. like Jake. They can Trump. learn from each other. Yes. Yeah, and I I just think he's going to see things that Jake does that he doesn't do, and Jake's going to see things that Josh does that he doesn't do, and they're going to implement that into their own games and bring it to the field, and that's all you can ask for. Great competition brings out the best in people. I don't know how you guys feel about your sixth and seventh round picks. But at least for me, I think it's a lot of uh, – really, I think it's just going to be death in special teams players. So for the Giants in the sixth round, they picked up Cam Brown out of Penn State, linebacker. They picked up Carter Coughlin, linebacker out of Minnesota. He adds more of a pass rush to our linebacker core. We drafted a cornerback, Chris Williamson. Really, the only two – so we had two more seventh-round picks that I found interesting for two – Totally different reason. We had TJ Bunsen, a linebacker out of South Carolina. The reason I find him interesting is because of all the talk with Joe Judge and the Patriot way, this guy, I don't know why we picked him. Maybe he was the best player available at the time. 
I don't think he was though. He had zero sacks in 2019. He's only six foot, 230 pounds, and he had four personal fouls or unsportsmanlike conduct. I don't know why the Giants picked him. They obviously saw something. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's just the kind of guy who's going to fit the role of the scheme they're going to run. Maybe he's got. Maybe I'm. I'm. I'm interested to see what we what we're going to do with him because on paper the pick doesn't make sense, but we'll just have to see. Right. Other than that, our, we had another seventh round pick, um, Mister Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft. It was Tate Crowder, linebacker out of Georgia. Good luck, um, Crowder. Good luck, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I think that he. So he was a second string, but he was on a good team. He was on the Georgia Bulldogs had a good linebacker core. I don't think that's a knock against him. I think that's just the talent around him. We just brought in this new linebacker core. Joe Judge, other than being special teams, he's worked with linebackers as well. I think I think Tay Crowder could come in, be a a good role player on the team. I think I think he can make it through training camp, maybe be the third string if that come in every few a few plays every game, but come in and hold the line down and do his job. He's he's that kind of player that he's going to walk in he do, and he'll do his job. Right, right. But that's all the picks for the Giants. Uh, what did you guys have for sixth and seventh round picks? Uh, we had Bass, the kicker, which I'm not really making much of this pick. I know a lot of people are probably going to start talking if House is out. I don't think that's the case here. Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have always carried uh, multiple punters and kickers going into preseason. Um, so – Let's not forget, they also have Vedvik, who was all over the league last year, couldn't make a kick, and couldn't punt for shit. Uh, I just don't see much coming out of this. I think it was more along the lines of, let's just bring in competition for Steven. Steve Steve did struggle with the deep ball, and if he can't kick that 50-plus you know, accurately, consistently, I think that's his biggest fault. We all know house money is house money from inside the 50. Maybe this is just a pick where they carry two kickers and a punter. Maybe they carry two kickers. I don't know if this basket can punt. I don't even know. But uh, if that's the case, maybe that's what they do. Maybe he's just kickoffs. So I'm not. I'm not really making much of this bass pick. I I honestly think it's just to come in and see if he can give them something that they were lacking last year in any way. See, personally, I actually like this pick a lot because I think that he is going to replace Hauschka this year. Wow. This year, the reason wow. the reason that I say that is because Hauschka struggled last year. He got better as the year went on, um, but he he struggled hard in the beginning of the year. He was even missing extra points. Yes, I mean he. So, was, do you think this kid is week one starter, or do you no, think I don't know they just it's, they just hold this kid on on the bench waiting for Hauschka to mess up? I think that's what that's what they're gonna end up. Well, doing. I don't think you can even <laughs> see that. That's where the only thing I'm confused about is you spent a fifth round on him. And the Patriots or sixth. The Patriots took somebody in the fifth, but last year was a good example of how important it is to have a reliable kicker. So if you take a guy in the draft with a pick, you're kind of saying that you're you're gonna you're, keep him. You're gonna keep him because if you put a guy like Bass even on uh, the practice squad, I mean, look at Vedvik. That guy literally struggled everywhere he went, and the Bills and the Jets and everybody still took chances on him because he has the potential. I, I don't think that you can put this kid on the practice squad. That's what I'm saying. He's going to get picked up yeah. is what I'm saying. So if you spend a pick on him, you're kind of telling me that he's got a role somewhere. I just don't know how. See, he's got all the leg strength in the world, this kid. He mm-hmm. made a 50-yard field goal. I saw the video of it on, on Facebook yesterday. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Made a 50-yard field goal without running up, just standing still and kicking. Yeah, unreal. Yeah. He's never, got I've never seen that before. So uh, I like the pick personally. Mm-hmm. 
not saying that it was necessarily a need for me in my yeah. head. Yep. Um, because I don't. I, I mean, kicking can make a make or break a game. Right. But at the same time, you have Stephen Hauschka, who's been pretty reliable for you over his, the years. most of his career. Yeah. yeah. And uh, even though he struggled early in the season last year, he he. He, he figured it out and he got it done at the end of yeah, the year. Yep. So that's huge. And, and they're not, I know that the Bills front office, they are not necessarily saying that Hauschka's out, but they know that Hauschka's getting time older. Time is running Yeah, out. He's, he's getting older and it, it might be time to start getting another guy in. Yeah. And like last year they had Chase McLaughlin yeah. on the practice squad and he got picked up right away mm-hmm. and he was gone. Mm-hmm. And now I, I Chase McLaughlin might be a great kicker. Yeah. You know, so we'll just have to see where that goes in time. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out as as preseason goes and and everything else. Uh, we also had another six round pick in Isaiah Hodgins, uh, wide receiver, big frame again, like Gabriel Davis, big dude, kind of underrated. I actually read a couple articles where a lot of people were saying that he might have had the best hands in the draft. Gets open, and from what I saw, he only had like three drops all year. And, and honestly, any potential of a playmaker to me is huge and, and another weapon for Josh Allen. It, it's sort of like a flyer on, on a guy. I mean, you get, you get past the fifth round and, and guys are kind of, well, they kind of mesh together. But uh, if, if you were watching the draft though, I mean, a lot of the experts were saying that the guys that were taken in the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds at wide receiver could have been third and fourth round picks any other year, in any other year. Yeah. I mean, Gabriel Davis, I know got huge praise from Danny Jeremiah and Isaiah Hodgins. Everybody, when I was watching the draft was saying that they, it, it wasn't that they were surprised that he lasted that long because of how deep it was, but it, it's just, they were, they were just flabbergasted at the potential he has for a sixth round pick. And the ceiling for him, because there, this wide receiver class this year was just unreal. I mean, there were guys going in the seventh round that people were saying, you know, had fifth, fourth round potential, third round potential. It, it was just so deep. And I think it all just came back to personal preference across the board with different GMs on who they thought had the higher ceiling. And uh, with with us needing taller, bigger guys, that's, that's just the dynamic we went with. To know that the two guys that we drafted a little later in the rounds could have gone sooner in any other draft. That that's just good reassurance to us fans knowing that hey, you know what? Maybe we got a fourth round steal in the sixth or a third round steal in the sixth. That's it's just something to look forward to, something to you go to the practices and watch and you're looking out for them because you want to see if they excel. Uh going into the seventh round, we took uh Jackson cornerback out of pit. Uh I actually like the pick, but I'm a little skeptical. The only reason why I'm skeptical is because he was asked who was the best receiver you dra- or you covered in college, and he said Gabriel Davis. So that's the that's the pick we took earlier in the draft. So I decided to go and look at those stats, and it was ten receptions, hundred and fifty yards, and two touchdowns. Davis is also a lot bigger. He's bigger, than but Dane Jackson. Whoa. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it all it also like it in in. If Dane Jackson is a stud corner in the seventh round, which I'm not saying he's going to be, I'm not even saying he's going to make the team this year. If this kid can translate into the NFL and, and be a potential starter, that that says a lot about how Davis looks. And and Davis could be fantastic. He could he could be one of the best receivers this year. I think this was this was the and, stat right here. Yeah, ten receptions, 151 yards. He averaged 15.1 yards per reception with two touchdowns against. 
Dane Jackson. He he is coming into kind of a crowded cornerback room. I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to make the team. I think he's just going to come in here for competition. You never know. Nobody right. ever really knows never until know. these guys get out on the field and play and, and they're in in the coaches' schemes, and they start to understand what's yeah. going on. So, I mean, he's just going to have to come in and show that he can do something that they don't already have, which is going to be very hard to do. Um, but I, I like the potential that he could show. Maybe he is a practice squad guy for a year or two while our other guys get a little older and works his way in. But uh, Now, what's interesting to me, too, is that it, this, this kid, Dane Jackson, the pick that we used on him was part of the Stefan Diggs trade. Okay. Um. So... That being said, I a hundred percent feel like we won that trade. Oh yeah, that we the way I look at it is the picks we traded away weren't even really ours except the first round pick. So basically, in my eyes, we traded Stefan Diggs for Jefferson, and in my that I can't argue with that. No, not proven, at all. Proven vet, twenty six years old. We still got him for three years. We know the production he can put up. Jefferson's a project. Everybody was saying that right off the bat. He's not coming in here as a solidified receiver. He has to work at his game. I mean, I think Greg even uh, chimed into that a little bit last week about saying how, you know, Justin Jefferson, he's, he's a rough a rough gem, but you, he's still going to have to work his way into this league and work, work on that offense or work on the line of scrimmage, breaking off press coverage and getting open. But we already know what Steph Diggs can do. So I, I definitely agree with that, Graham. I think the Bills – stole Stefan Diggs. I do. And uh, I think even going down the line, we're going to see that with the picks that we did with that pick and the picks that we gave them, we, I don't think they got the production that we got out of Steph Diggs. Absolutely not. I think that both of our teams here had really good drafts. I think they really improved on the areas they needed to improve to. I think the giants did every single thing they needed to do. Um, I was kind of in the same boat as you last when you when you were talking last week about the Bills just needed to pick it, the best players available, and you guys walked out with players that were not only the best players available to you, they were probably the best player available five ten picks before that. Even. Right, right. I think you guys hit it out of the park. I think the Giants put themselves into a really good spot. I think a lot of our players maybe need a little more work. They're a little rougher around the edges, mm-hmm. but I mean. With the Giants, I can I can see the Giants drafted. I feel like they drafted more for need. Yeah, but, but they also but they also got great great. I feel like they got great value at what they needed at the time they picked. Yeah, at the time they picked. Well, I, I'm not gonna lie. It was actually really reassuring to hear Brandon Bean say that four out of the seven picks were literally the highest rated player on their board at that time. Yeah. I'm assuming that's Gabriel Davis, uh, Zach Moss, AJ Epinesa. And Jake Fromm. And probably Jake Fromm. I mean, from the way it sounded, I, I think Brandon Bean had Jake Fromm in the third round. So to get him in the fifth, because when he was talking to the to the press on his virtual uh, screen there. He said he couldn't he, pass he on him said again. again. So that tells me that he must have passed on him in the fourth. And then he got there in the fifth and was just like, okay, I'd be stupid if i don't take this guy right now i've already yeah. switched on him a whole round you know yeah yeah so, best case scenario with from honestly he comes in he learns he grows as a player knocks it out of the park in preseason everybody wants him in three to five yep. years yep and you get a second you got yourself a, yep you got your you got yourself a jacoby percent a jimmy garoppolo yeah so i, I mean, mean it's great pick great pick yeah so so 
As far as the Giants go, Greg, who do you think is the biggest impact player from the draft this year going into next season? Biggest impact player, I think, is probably going to be Xavier McKinney. Um, I don't think he'll be maybe not the best player, but I think that he's definitely going to end up with the most attention on him being on the defensive side of the ball and making those big plays. I think he's going to draw more attention. I think that just comes with the position he plays, though, compared to being an offensive tackle. I, I think Andrew Thomas is going to come in. He's going to do his job. He's going to be a real good player, and he's going to get a real good rookie season under his belt. But nobody, nobody's sitting there throwing pancake blocks on the top 10 sports center plates. Um, I think I think McKinney's going to – verbally, I think McKinney's going to have the bigger impact. I think – but I, I don't doubt Andrew Thomas is going to show up, though. Well, I, I, I'll tell you what. He's getting thrown into a rough situation in New York, though. In, in terms dude. of who they are going to be playing, he's now going to face Chase Young, Brian Kerrigan, Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, he's going to be that. going up against Brandon Graham. You know, I mean, so he's he's going to have to learn real, real quick yeah. what the hell he's got to do because every single week he goes out there for at least eight weeks, he's going to have to be facing a top – tier rusher so there's a lot there's a lot being asked of him i think that's why most people were hard on the giants for taking thomas most people just thought Werfs was the most nfl ready for that type yeah. of situation and i think our history is what makes a lot of people nervous like you said a lot of people on social media are saying this is eric flowers part two i think that's extremely unfair to andrew it's thomas unfair. it's unfair i think Andrew Thomas is much more NFL ready. Like I said, coming into the season, he was the number one tackle in the in the draft boards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he didn't do anything to lose positions. I think everybody else just gained their positions. I think he I think he's gonna be a real good player for a good long time. Yeah, I think he honestly I think my most interesting player, so maybe not the best one, I think is gonna be that Shane Lemieux. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do and seeing how how quickly he can excel and become that every every down player. I don't know if you guys looked into it or not, but just a few high I won't go through all the undrafted free agents that the Giants picked up because a lot of them, if they make the team, are going to be special teams players. But some of the more interesting ones are um they picked up Kyle Murphy from Rhode Island. He played every single position on the line last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. So I think he'll be interesting. See if he makes the team. Did you guys pick up anybody in the undrafted free agents that uh, piques your interest? Uh, for me, Antonio Williams does the running back out of North Carolina. I would compare him to a like a, a slightly larger version of Darren Sproles. He's got the versatility to catch out of the backfield, play special teams, and all that. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I I thought the vers I think it was just another versatility move, and you can never have enough competition. Uh, in the NFL, you always want to bring out the best in your players. And based on the undrafted free agent signings the Bills have made, that's basically what they're telling me here is they're just bringing in guys who are going to compete, make other people better. Yeah, they brought in a few yeah. offensive linemen. Yeah, and and uh, honestly, the depth is is huge, especially going into the preseason because you know at least one of these guys is going to make the team. I think not not necessarily the offensive linemen, but any of these undrafted free agents, one somebody's going to make this team, and it's it all comes down to who's going to work harder, especially with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. Mm -hmm. They want that guy that's going to work his ass off day in and day out, show up to practice every day, looking to learn and, and translating it onto the field. Obviously this week, we just talked about the giants and the bills. Cause those are our two teams. 
But in the next few weeks, we're going to be covering the NFL. We're going to go through all the other teams. But in those next few weeks, Graham, what are you looking forward to talking about? Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about the Jalen Hurts pick and the Jordan Love pick. The Jordan Love pick astounds me, by the way. For me, if I had to pick a top two, it would be probably the same two as Graham. Uh, Those are obviously the two big headline-grabbing topics. But as a bonus, just so I don't copy Graham, one of the other things um, that piqued my interest that I'm going to look more into is this Division II guy that the Patriots went and picked up in the second round because, of course, that's the most Patriots thing to do Absolutely. is draft a Division II safety out of in the second round. All right, and AY, what are you looking forward to talking about in the next few weeks? Coming up in the next few weeks, I mean, the Jalen Hurts pick in Philly was quite interesting to me. Uh, along with the Patriots continuing to trade back and only picking one of their original picks going into the draft, I th- I thought for sure they were going to be going quarterback. Uh, so I, I'm kind of interested to see what their direction is. So I'd like to dive in a little bit more on why they did what they did and uh, what they're trying to do. Uh, as a bonus pick, I I think I'd like to talk more a little bit more about what the Bears did in the draft. I was very interested watching what the Bears were doing during the draft this year. Okay, and it, it, I found myself in the second round looking at them like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> look at the Bears. Here they go. The Bears. Yeah, the Bears. Well, thank you for taking another stroll around the cul-de-sac this week at Woodbine Sports. We're happy to have you tag along, and like always, be safe, love everybody, and take it easy, folks. Thank you. See ya.